welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. And a big happy Thanksgiving from Pastor Andrew and myself on as we uh, launch this podcast on on uh, Thanksgiving Day. So if you're watching this, uh, we're wishing you and your household an incredible holiday, a great time of fellowship and food as we celebrate and remember the goodness of God in our lives. And we're glad you're tuning into this podcast. We've got a lot to talk about. We've been in a book by Rod Dreher called Live Lot Not By Lies. And uh, last week, we were talking about how, to, how basically what do we do about it. We talked about all the problems uh, that are happening and uh, kind of the attack on our liberties. But then we got into the transition in that book about what to do about it. Of course, last week, we talked about um, valuing truth yeah. more than anything else and yeah. being willing to speak it. Right. And I've been, you know, in the series about bringing Jesus with us to work, we've been challenging our people to view their marketplace and, you know, where they spend most of their week as a place of ministry. And, of course, that includes speaking the truth, you know, telling people the good news of the gospel and how important it is that we continue to speak truth in a culture that continually tries to put us in a box. Well, you know, as a child, you hear the story of the impress, no clothes on, right? You hear that it's like a bedtime story. It's kind of like ah ha ha ha. Well, you kind of laugh like <laughs> laugh at, as a kid. Yeah. Just be like, okay, this king, he's kind of he's in his underwear, and everyone's kind of playing along. Fast forward decades later, I'm like, wow, whoever wrote that story <laughs> is very profound because yeah. because it takes a child the courage the, the the you know the mind of a child like like um, to be able to call that out the innocence of a child the courage of a child to right. say. No, that's not true. Yes. And I don't know what you guys are seeing, but this is truth right here. This is truth. And that's, from that comes the courage to be passed on for other people to say, you know what? I'm, I'm with them. Yeah. That's the truth. So just speaking this, the truth about gender, about marriage, about other things, it, it yeah. penetrates the lie. It, it keeps it keeps the that house of cards that's being established. It crumbles to the ground when we, we speak We need the to truth. reach a threshold, right? Of, yeah. of, 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 at one point, the lies start toppling down. And, and I think America we might not reach it yet, but there's a lot of people speaking yeah. truth, and we need to continue to kind of build on that cascading. Well, I'm truth. thinking of the mama bears at the school board meetings that, yeah. that really got fed up with all the stuff that was uh, being shoved down our throats regarding our kids and what's being taught and all of a sudden like who do you parents think you are i mean what happened is we reached a critical mass where a bunch of parents were just fed up and they said we've had enough of this and they showed up at school board and they started telling the truth and all of a sudden again when people do that the whole system collapses and you realize that you're not going to continue to act the way that you've been acting so that's what we're saying is we're at a point in our history we're in america where we just need to speak the truth and speak it in love but speak the truth absolutely um the second thing we're going to talk about today is cultivating a cultural memory and i think it's interesting just providentially that this podcast is happening on thanksgiving because when you're talking about cultivating a cultural memory you know the author points out that without a national identity you you fall apart as a people like there's nothing to hold you together so for instance thanksgiving one of our american holidays yeah. um what do we do at thanksgiving well we give thanks well we give thanks to who we we give thanks to god almighty because our nation presupposes a supreme being every one of our founding documents our history goes back to a belief in god so god is part of our nation's uh cultural identity and then yeah. we we go back and what are we thanking him for well we're, we rehearse our history and it's those shared moments when we come together like this sitting around tables you know eating our thanksgiving meal um thanking god for america and for the things that make america great uh 
This is part of our shared national history. This is important. All, the, all of our holidays, you know, when we have Memorial Day, what do we do on Memorial Day? We remember those who have paid the ultimate price and given their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy. Well, that involves a whole history lesson of the wars and different things that Americans have fought uh, to preserve our freedom. So all of these things kind of, you know, weave together to form a, a national identity that we all share as Americans. Yeah. Um, of course, this goes back, I think, in the Bible. You know, God told Israel to come together seven different feasts throughout the year where they would come together. Uh, for instance, the Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, trumpets, atonement, feast of tabernacles. There were all these feasts, but they all pointed to the fulfillment that would come in Jesus Christ. But every year, everyone who was an Israelite would come together and they would celebrate, like Passover. They remembered their deliverance right. from Egypt. And that formed a national identity of cohesiveness that, that pulled them together as a people. If you think about the history of Israel, I mean, has any other people group being attacked, separated, yeah. oppressed, uh, uh, sent to corners of the world, yeah. but somehow they still maintain their identity, their culture, yeah. their heritage, um, that they are even surrounded by enemies, they can remain so independently and strong. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. It's because of all these traditions that God himself has instituted for them and that they follow through on. And this is the importance of tradition. You know, growing up, you know, as a young person who's kind of rebellious and disruptive, I'm like, ah, tradition, what's the point of traditions, you know? Right, right. And now that I'm in my 40s, I realize, wow, you know, I, I, there are good traditions and bad traditions. We need to consider the root of our tradition. But but before you throw away the tradition, consider why is that there in the first place? What's Absolutely. the purpose of that tradition? Because you might be removing a, a a cornerstone, a foundation to something that you don't want to disrupt, right? Yeah, that's good. Traditions are like the glue, you know, that holds one generation together with the next, and it gives you a sense of continuity. Absolutely. And so what we're seeing right now that's especially disturbing, and, and of course, Rod Dreher points to Soviet bloc countries, you know, Eastern European countries, post-communist countries as examples. But we're trying to say that so much of what happened there already, we see the, the, the harbingers of the same thing happening in America. In other words, we are witnessing an assault on our understanding of what it means to be an American. We're, we're seeing an attack on our fundamental uh, points of history. In fact, you know, without going into detail, even Thanksgiving is under assault. You know, it's viewed that we came here uh, and we attacked all the Indians and, and we stole all their land and all this kind of stuff, um, which is a, a very uh, revisionist understanding of what actually happened and not an accurate understanding at all as it relates to Thanksgiving. Um, but all of this gets lost if we don't teach it in our schools and we don't teach it in our homes. And then what's crazy is you have a whole bunch of young people today, because our history has been poisoned, um, they have a disdain or a hatred for their own country. Right. How can a nation survive if its own citizens have a disgust or a hatred for, for their national identity? And of course, this is all very intentional. Right. And this is interesting because what Rod Dreher really showed me was that you cannot establish a brand new foundation unless you take away the old foundation. Right. So years and years of cascade. You know, I I did not learn about America's Christian heritage until I was in my post-college, in my 20s. Yeah. And then I was in a completely different <laughs> training school. And I heard about some of the letters they wrote and how they talk, the founding fathers talk about God. I'm like, what? I've never heard this ever in my life. I've been through high school, university, 
I've never heard about any of this stuff. Right. It was amazing to me. The, the miraculous interventions yes, of absolutely. God in the founding of our nation. Our nation's a miracle. And it doesn't mean that our nation's perfect, um, but our nation was founded by deeply Jesus-loving people. Um, and uh, and when you take all that out and you take out the true well, history of America, you you miss the beauty of what God yeah, is trying to do yeah, through our, through the us. The focus is not on the perfection of man, which the, we, right. we're not perfect, and we have tons of mistakes. The, the the focus is on what God has done, out, uh, particularly in the formation of the founding of our nation. That this is a gift and this is a blessing. Yeah. So again, when people talk about oh, the founding fathers are not perfect. That's not the point. I'm not talking about the founding fathers. I'm talking about God's intervention on their right. life, kind of like the Bible. We have a bunch of perfect people in the Bible, do we just throw Israel out? No, right. God has so specifically selected that group of people and, and, and when his mark you, on it. When you look at our history, you know, we were, this is not a nation of immigrants. In other words, the people that came here from uh, from Europe were not immigrants. The immigrants just moved from one nation to the next. These were settlers. There's a difference. Yeah. Settlers are looking to establish a new country, a new rule, a, a, a nation under God, a city on a hill. They use all this biblical yeah. language. They are fleeing persecution. And so, you know, a lot of times people say, well, people came here to America, they're trying to get wealthy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there, there certainly were those people. Sure. But at the beginning of this nation, they had one thing clear in mind, and that was to establish a nation under God or a, or a colony under God where they could live out their right. religious liberties and live live and honor the Lord with their lives. So, And the point you made earlier is, is yeah, this is all very intentional to erase those cultural memories because when you are tethered to no culture, no tradition, yeah. uh, no sense of national identity, then you are simply tethered to what the government Tethered to whoever has a larger social media presence and yep. voice. And that's what they're trying to do on the national level, right? Yep. Yep. And, and, and th that's why it's so important. And I love what Rod Ray said. This is one way we can resist by telling the truth is actually by uh, adhering to traditions and values and families and, and gather, small group uh, uh, religious gathering, community gathering, which I was like, this is brilliant, yeah. you know? Well, you know, I came from an event earlier, TPUSA faith event. And two amazing historians were there. One was David Barton. Uh, yeah. We've done a lot of David Barton's material here, just incredible uh, recoverer of America's true history. And then uh, William Federer, who's written extensively about America's uh, and, the, and world history. Both of those folks I would love to get at Living Stones in the near future, just because I feel like we almost need to recover these uh, amazing truths about who we were, or lest we lose our identity. Yeah. And I'll give you an example from the book. Um, he talks about a 26-year-old uh, California woman who was just fawning over the beauty of, of uh, communism. It's, it's equity and everybody having a chicken in their pot and everybody living in the same size house and everybody under their own shade tree in the backyard. And, uh, what a beautiful world. And again, th that kind of utopianistic notion is easy to fall in love with until you realize it's never, ever, ever, ever taken place in history. In fact, just the opposite. And so as this, as he's talking to her, she's talking to him about, hey, well, what are you doing? He's, well, I'm researching the horrors of Stalin's, you know, gulags and the absolute bloodshed that has happened over, especially in the 20th century. I forget how many hundreds of millions of people were murdered under communistic regimes. I mean, it was a bloodbath. But here's a person who's come through the American system, has no understanding of, of our history, and she sat under Marxist university teachers that have given her this idealistic, 
you know, view of what communism is, yeah. she's completely oblivious to the to the absolute horror that is the true fruit of communism. It, it, it's is crazy how in a few generations, well, but it's really not crazy because the Israelites forget. That's why God kept saying build monuments, build monuments, because Israelites in one generation forget about their faithfulness. They start building yep. the, 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 the pole, the asherah poles and yep. the temple of ba to Baal or whatever. So, so we have sh very short memories. But you know, I, you and I were just talking about you know when I was in Cambodia a couple yep. of years ago. Yep. And and for those who don't know Cambodia's history, I mean they just in a few decades ago went through a horrible horrible genocide. Yep. Uh, the Khmer Rouge, I think, yep. came in and just Pol Pot. Uh, Pol Pot destroyed their people. And and we were uh, able to go to uh, like a local high school who ended up being a torture. Camp yep. for 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 the prisoners. Yeah, so imagine going to your local high school. This beautiful building. It was a nice brick building. Yeah. You can tell it was a school, uh, smaller classrooms, etc. But you walk through there, and, and that entire facility was dedicated to just simply torturing people who would have been viewed as threats to the communist regime. Yeah, and there's no. It made no sense. It, uh, the, the way they. I mean, it was it was one. It was one, It probably was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. It was a museum now, and. Um, and I was just going through this. I'm like, what is the purpose of this museum? Is this to traumatize us, to tell us how horrible, to celebrate how horrible this was? And I was, as I'm experiencing this, I mean, I, I mean, even now, I'm thinking, it's some of the images I don't ever want to see again, sure. right? And as, as I'm coming out, struggling, listening to the, to the, to the um, headphones, that kind of English yep. tells you what happened as you go through different station. At the very end, there was a huge monument and in English, it says, so we will not forget what happened. And yeah. that, in that moment, I realized why all of this is happening. Yeah. This is, they're not doing this to celebrate the horror. No. They were doing this because they're saying human beings could do this again. Right. And, 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 and we have to remember so this will never, ever happen again in our land or anywhere else. But I think the reason, like, because you walk through there and you're going, why? This is just like an absolute senseless destruction of yeah. their culture, of their uh, leaders, of their ed the educated folks of the professional class, I mean, it it was just a ma and a massive slaughter of just their their own common people. Yeah. Uh, the same thing has happened in every communist country, and I think that's what Dreyer's trying to point out. What is the reason behind it? I mean, the communists do this for a reason. They have to destroy the past if they want to create a new right. revolutionary future, right. and so the past usually involves Christianity. Usually involves traditional marriage and traditional family. family. Yeah, it involves obviously involves an attack on the church because these are the transmitters of cultural identity throughout cultures. Yeah, and um, and if you don't uh, if you don't destroy the history and the truth about who you were, yeah. you can never brainwash people into this great new future. So so even so that monument itself was a resistance to totalitarianism yeah. and but you think about all the even just in the, in the last couple of years all the statues and all the memorials that's been yeah. taken down and tarnished and, and 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 all the history has been erased or yeah. traditional family being attacked and you're just like this is all there is a strategic plan behind all this yeah it, it's a revolutionary uh tactic the problem is revolutionaries aren't really good at building things they, they're right. great at destroying things um, but they're not really good at building things you know, um, you talked about Cambodia. Uh, I had the pleasure as well of being in, in Israel and going through the Holocaust Museum there. I mean, you talk about a oh, wow. Oh, I mean, it, it very similar feeling as you're yeah. walking through these places. And you, first of all, you're going, how could human beings 
perpetrate such wickedness and evil against against each other. And then secondly, you just you you look at the intentionality behind an ideology that says we have to exterminate the entire Jewish race, or we have to exterminate you know whatever the previous regime was, or you know we talked about historically like Hitler, he changed all the German holidays. So and we're seeing this in America. So instead of Christmas break or Thanksgiving break, we now call it winter solstice or winter break. It's very pagan. Uh, it is a cha- it, it's tied to the worship of earth and the seasons and Mother Earth and all this kind of stuff. It's an attack on our Christian foundations, and it's an attack on our, our identity. Um, and this has happened all throughout history. You go back even to the French Revolution, I was amazed. All the, uh, the places of worship were turned into temples uh, of reason, worshiping reason, human understanding, mm-hmm. godless places. And, of course, that led to the guillotine and the, the, the massive bloodshed that happened in the French Revolution. So the point is, I mean, literally, you can go through all of history, yeah. and anybody with a brain uh, in one half of a brain cell could look at history and go, why would we even entertain Marxist ideology? Everywhere that it has uh, been introduced, it has led to the slaughter of millions and millions of people. And yet that's exactly what we're facing in America today. In fact, I thought this was interesting. Uh, he, he talks about <clears throat> victims of communism, uh, the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. This is an annual survey of Americans to determine their attitudes on communism, socialism, and Marxism. Uh, and they quote the 2019 results. Um, uh, that more Americans have have a favorable favorable view of left-wing radicalism than ever in the history of America. In fact, he said 57% of millennials believe the Declaration of Independence offers a better guarantee of of freedom and equality than the Communist Manifesto. In other words, there's 40% of Americans who actually have a more favorable view, at least of millennials, of the Communist Manifesto than the Declaration of Independence. How disgusting is that? Even, you know, I thank God it's not 60-40, but how can 40% of, of millennials have a positive view of the Communist Manifesto? But that's where we're at today. And so we see this hateful ideology that's romanticized by ignorant young people. And I want to say this, our universities are largely the problem here. Because this is where our young people are being poisoned about our past and poisoned about the glories of Marxism and, yeah. and our, our, our Christian roots are being attacked, our foundational documents are being attacked. And, you know, he brings out the point. He says, while there's nobody, you know, most young people today when they understand what happened in the Soviet gulag will not celebrate that and say, oh, that was great. But they're not connecting the dots. They're continuing to believe in the same myths that led to the gulags in the first place. And so we're not at a good place because when we have folks that cannot connect the dots between right. certain beliefs or worldviews and the outcomes of those worldviews. No one will celebrate the gulag. No one will openly in culture and media celebrate the Nazis. However, the same ideology that leads to those things, the right. destroying They're of history, yep. uh, is it's being celebrated, implemented. It's a bait and switch, right? Yep. Yep. Like this is not going to lead to that. Well, it's the same ideology that goes down that path. You know, yeah, so. and you know, if you've ever been introduced to to the book 1984, mm-hmm. right? Which is that was actually when I graduated from college, so that's not uh, that's not too futuristic for me. Right. But it was a futuristic novel, and basically in that novel, uh, the Ministry of Information was tasked with erasing all newspaper records of past events to reflect the current political priorities 
of the party. This is the goal of, of totalitarianism. So you go back and you rewrite history and you you put it all through the lens of whatever the current orthodoxy is. So you know, right now there's a big move, and there has been for decades, to remove all the Western Civ classes mm -hmm. from our from our universities. Well, what is Western Civ? It's all the ideas that led to American greatness. It was all it was it was Christianity. It was a rule of law. Um, it was I, things like hard work, uh, you know, uh, work ethic, uh, a rule of uh, I said rule of law, uh, equality under the law, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, all the things that led to like the American creed, who we are as Americans. Yeah. Now this is all viewed through racist, racial lens, LGBTQ lenses. Um, basically, the, any oppressed minority, at least that's what they call them, that was overlooked somehow, uh, their voices were not heard. Now we have to go back and we have to have, um, you know, lesbian history, feminist history, black history, uh, Latin history. I mean, every, everybody's got their own version. And so what you have is this... Uh, uh, a shotgun approach with no no one singular identity. Yeah, it's a competition of who can be the greatest victims. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and so you have to completely deconstruct everything. And now you're not even allowed to bring up some of these these you know foundations again of Western Civ. Yeah, and and I was sharing this with Pastor earlier. Is like in America we have been the history of America we, we've been very blessed in which uh, commun communism Marxism has not exactly. We have not faced that uh, in the in a very tangible way on right. our shores. Right. But but all over the world, there's some great huge impacts all around. And and what happens is a lot of immigrants to the United States are very very uh, more keenly aware of this danger because they felt it one or two generations oh, yeah. ago. They've know? got grandparents that lived through it. Um, yeah. You know, we got people at our own church whose parents immigrated here and fled you know countries where there was. Threats, you know, to their life and their freedoms. Uh, my, my, you know, parents, in-laws, um, went through the, re the the civil war in China. Yep. And they faced those things. Yep. And 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 I always I felt the impact of those tr trauma and terrors, but but indirectly until one day I saw a movie. Again, this is my twenties. Called to live. Mm -hmm. um, made by it's a Chinese movie, um, which I think. I mean, back then it was, I'm sure it's still banned in China right now. Oh, yeah. Um, it's very well acted, <coughs> famous director, I forgot the director's name, famous actors and actress in it. And it really shows what life was like during the Cultural Revolution. Now, yeah. I never really understood the Cultural Revolution. I didn't understand. I just knew that they wanted to erase all vestige of culture. Yep. They burned stuff. If you wore glasses, they sent you to jail because you're supposed to be a scholar, and they don't. They want to remove all that. They yep. remove all the older scholars. They put all the newer people in place. All the old veterans. Because that's all the history. That's history, history embodied all, right there. All, and, and millions of people died through all that whole situation. And they just talk about the story of a family who went through that. And when I saw that movie, it was a horrific experience. I don't ever want to watch it again. Not because it was a bad movie. It's because it elicits some well, deep things in our it, hearts. it awakened something in you. You now understand, like, you're not in this, slum, this yep. slumber. Um, you understand there's real evil. You connected me to my heritage and to why yeah. my parents and my grandparents and, and this threat of cultural revolution, cultural erasing of this uh, conformity, totalitarianism for once became very real in my life. Yep. And, and what I believe is every 
American, every young person needs to have one one of those moments. Now you might not have a Chinese heritage like I'd have, yeah. but to watch some of these movies yourself and, yeah. and feel the terror and feel the horrors of what it looked like when neighbors are reporting on neighbors and oh, then yeah. family turning on each other because of the horrors of the government overreaching. And then you're just like, oh, censorship. Wow, that's what censor- censorship yeah. could lead them to. I, I was at a conference and one of the speakers just mentioned in passing a book that powerfully impacted her life. It was called The Happiest Man on Earth. It's about a man who survived Auschwitz. Mm. And I listened to it on Audible and I was so wrecked by that. I told all my kids, I said, every one of you should listen to this book. Well, my daughter took me up on it, my daughter Lauren, yeah. and she called me up. She'd go for a walk every morning and listen to it, and she called me up with tears. Uh, it was just so profoundly moved by what this man had experienced uh, under the Nazis. Uh, and again, we're, we're, we're asking, like, how does this happen? You know, one of the strategies when you get in and you look at these takeovers is the first thing they do is they take over all the media mm-hmm. and then they take over higher education. So you're not even allowed to go to, to a university if you, you know, believe in Christ or you believe in the family or you believe in, you love your country or, you know, or those types of things. You're not even allowed to go to the university because it's a stranglehold on information. All you hear is misinformation. Yep. You, all you hear are the lies of the current orthodoxy. And this is what we're witnessing now in America today. We, we have a stranglehold of the media. That's why when Trump came out and said fake news, every normal person said, yes, that's exactly what it is because we've listened to just a one-sided view of the news very anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-biblical worldview view espoused across the board yeah. on the media. Um, in our universities, um, it is hard to find a, someone that is a conservative or an outspoken Christian who's teaching in the faculty. It has been completely hijacked by leftists. Uh, this is our state universities. So when all you're getting in our universities and all you're hearing on the media is one side, one ideology, yeah. Uh, it brainwashes an entire generation. And then you have public education, and that's why public education is such a battlefield, because we understand that what's taught in the classrooms now will be in the government in in 20 or 30 years. And so um, what is being taught? What view of America? What understanding of history? What history of any accurate history is being taught? And... um, and so this is what happens in totalitarian countries, and we need to see that it's happening in our own country right now. And, and I love his, his remedy is the local community, the family, the dinner table, the local churches, I like the, this. He, the he religious centers. Small fortresses of memory. Yeah. So, so if you're yeah. not allowed to speak yeah. publicly about your views, your values yeah. about Christ, or about exposing the truth about yeah. the communist revolution, because if you did that, your kids would be taken from you yep. and you'd end up in jail— so you create these little uh, fortresses. Talk about that. What does he mean? Yeah, so, so it's basically in even the words, he's talking about how the words have been distorted. So the words like tolerance and love have their own meanings. And, yeah. and, and even when you argue with people, debate people, it's so confusing because you have different framework say the life, same right? word but completely See, different meanings. That's why in these, these, these little fortresses, these little uh, platoons, we're able to have, we're able to talk normal and actually uh, be on the same page and communicate ideas and we're not worried about like uh, trying to you know fend off attacks we can just be ourselves right. you know 
So, so you, yeah. I, I didn't realize this, the hatred that the Marxists have for the family, uh, because the family is the vehicle by which values are transmitted, but also wealth is transmitted. Yep. It's, it's for personal property. Yep. It goes from one generation to the next. Well, communists hate that. So they're always trying to destroy the traditional nuclear family. So they separate your mm -hmm. kids from you mm -hmm. when you're young. Uh, they want you to go off to somewhere else to learn. Many times they're teaching you values that are completely against the values of Christ. It was interesting, too, what the Soviets promised was that you would have, they, they promised in young people sexual freedom and sexual yeah. liberation. Well, what kid when he's 16 and his hormones are going crazy doesn't want uh, to, to be able to uh, express himself sexually, so you attack the church, you attack God. You Anything attack that holds back that restraint. Moral, right. any, any restraint. Birth control, any type of, you know. Yeah. And, of course, when you're older, you realize, ah, there's wisdom there. It makes sense why God told us to... to you know, uh, uh, keep our sexuality within certain boundaries right. so that we don't destroy ourselves and other people. Right. Um, but again, you just fuel all these passions. The goal is to create a wedge between students and their parents. Well, we're seeing that again across America today. That is, right. you know, we're setting up Planned Parenthood birth control and abortion right. clinics in, in urban areas where kids can have an abortion without their parents even knowing, where kids can... Right go through gender transition without their parents even knowing. I mean, it is an open assault on parental values, and you need to understand that the reason behind it is there's a, there's a revolution that some would like to take place in America. Right. That would completely destroy uh, everything America has stood for. You know, and, and even this, I, this understanding of traditions and culture and how that's an insulation against socialism and radical mm -hmm. leftism, it makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> if you look at all the urban centers in America versus the rural or the yeah. smaller countryside or even the suburbs, you see that all the urban centers are deep blue, you know. And I always wonder why, what is it about, I mean, I think there's a big spiritual element to it, yeah. which I'm not going to get too, too much there, but I think no, I'm not going to, I think that's that's the main element. But I think also it's because in the urban area, I mean, yeah, you got the, like the, the, the sports teams that kind of ties the city together, but outside of that, people are so disconnected. Yeah. They're so close together, right. but just the lifestyle, the institutions, how things are, there's less, people don't know each other. Whereas, you know, in the suburbs or, or in the smaller towns like where, where we live, there is a sense of like, I'm from the region, I'm from this area, right. I was born in this area. There's a, there's a cultural tie that kind of, uh, or community tie that kind of lends you into the sense of like community. So in a very subtle way, these community ties actually trend, helps you trend to be more conservative and think about family and well, care you, about you family more. You feel connected, more. you're more mentally healthy, right. you're relationally connected. Yep. Uh, which again, think about this. We have a, an administration uh, and a party in America that is that is committed to open borders, which means anybody can come and go into our country as they please. Yep. Which means there's no assimilation, there's no cultural identity that must be established. So we actually are inviting people into our country now that hate our country. Yep. Uh, which again it is suicide from a from a national level. There used to be a process of assimilation, and certain groups of people were not allowed to become Americans, uh, not because of some bias, but because they didn't share our values. Right. Like, why would you let somebody in your country whose outspoken goal is to destroy your country? They think you're evil, and, uh, and they want to destroy you. you. No, no sane nation would say, "Oh yeah, come on into our country." You wouldn't do it for your company. You wouldn't do it for your church. No. You wouldn't do it for your family. So if you have an open border with no assimilation process, no rule of law, that is an overt attack on America, is, is what it is. It's an overt attack because you're just simply saying, 
no no borders, no identity, no unity, and you're and right. you're signing your own suicide as a nation, and and people get that. They absolutely get this. They they want to see America destroyed, and they want to see a new America uh, take its place. And to do that, they have to destroy all these things we're talking about. So we see a massive attack on the family. The other thing that we're seeing an attack on is the church and biblical values and preaching the truth from the pulpit. Yeah. Uh, that's why so many churches were considered non-essential during the COVID outbreak, right? Because there's zero respect. And they also understand that that's where people are going to go to find unity and hope and to find transcendence, which again, in, in modern American culture, there there is no embracing of any kind of transcendent values that hold us together. Well, now now the crazy lockdowns makes a lot more sense because if you're trying to instigate isolation, yep. you want to keep people separate physically, emotionally separate yep. from each other, bankrupt mental the church, health issues, bankrupt businesses. I mean, there's so many layers to all of this that 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 once you start studying this, you realize, man, they know the scheme, they know yep. the plan. Now, now people listening to this would say, "Oh, there they go on those conspiracy theories." Well, it shows your ignorance, not our ignorance, because this is exactly what Marxism tries to do. It's this—it's the playbook. This is not conspiracy. This is this is actual playbook. And and you—if you can't see neo-Marxism all around in America today, in our universities, uh, in in uh, the, the the critical race theory, right. the the ideology behind the BLM movement, which has kind of disappeared uh, once it was exposed, the ideology. Uh, this is not conspiracy. This is reality. This well, is history. I just challenge any of you to read. Go watch that movie to live. Go watch it. Go watch it for yourself. Spend two hours watching the horrors of what happened during the Cultural Revolution to a normal from a normal person's perspective. Yeah. Read some of these books. What was that Absolutely. book that you talked about that you had Lauren read? Oh, it's called uh, The Happiest Man on Earth or Happiest Man Alive, something like that. It's, it is a powerful, powerful Read some story. of these books. Read some of these stories. Read about the development because we're, what, what makes us better than them? Yeah, and you don't have to go to uh, to Israel to, to, to experience the horrors of, of what the Nazis did to the Jews. You can go to Washington, D.C. There's a uh, museum oh, yeah, there's there. there's a Holocaust museum um, there. Yes, and uh, educate yourselves on these things and wake up uh, because it can happen to us if we allow our children to be cut off from our beautiful, godly uh, American heritage. Uh, and again, we're not saying cover the warts. Uh, we're, everybody's a, fall, a fallen human being and we have our own warts. But, but by and large, what you'll see is a picture of, a, of an America that has been incredibly blessed by the Lord, that's founded by people that believed in the Word of God, right. strong families, strong marriages, strong work ethic, greatest nation that the world has ever seen. We have so much to be thankful for. Uh, let's talk about one more thing before we close here and just wrap it up here. He also mentioned the importance of a parallel polis, which is simply the word for city or government, uh, into sanctuary cities. Um, in other words, what we're seeing is as there's a suppression or an attack in the larger culture on our faith, on our values, on education, uh, you're seeing people create parallel businesses, parallel schools. You know, we have two two schools that meet in our building here, our Livingstones Homeschool Educators and also a classical Christian education homeschool group. They continued to meet during COVID. Mm -hmm. They had no restrictions because we placed no restrictions on them. Yeah. We have a lot of people that are homeschooling. Well, when you're raising your kids at home, you don't have to report to anybody else. Yep. And you can teach whatever you want to teach. Um, and, uh, and you can educate your kids with your values. These are all examples of parallel things. You know, we got a lot of people that say, look, 
all right, if you're not going to let me express my views here at work, I'm going to create my own private business yeah. where I'm going to, I got no one to report to but myself. Uh, in other words, you take, you take things uh, in your own hands and you begin to create. Parallel social media outlet, <laughs> yeah, parallel we saw business that. outlet, through social and rumble, all these different things. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, we saw this heavy-handed uh, muzzling of people's viewpoints on Twitter. So I love it. So what happens? A private businessman buys Twitter, and now he says, okay, we're taking all those restraints off, and we're reinstating people. You know, I love it because that, that's just free the free market working. Uh, there are people trying to destroy the free market, trying to um, minimize the choices that we have economically and in every other way. Uh, of course, bigger the government gets, less freedom we have as individuals. So all of this stuff is, is a, an orchestrated attack. Of course, we know that there's a demonic attack behind it, but an orchestrated attack to rewrite American history and to remake America into a radicalized different America as we move forward. And if you understand it and see it and you understand the importance of tradition and values, you'll understand why your kitchen table is so important yep. and you'll understand why Sunday worship is so important. These are two gathering places where Christian values and where family traditions and where a collective cultural identity and history are transmitted from one generation to the next. So, so what could you do this holiday as a resistance to this, this attack of... I wouldn't say inevitable. I mean, some of these guys are kind of doom and gloom. I'm like, no, I think, no, I, no. think we're, I think we're far from lost, especially <laughs> as we keep reading and getting this word out. We're not is, victims. No, is, is have great time with your family during, during Thanksgiving. Establish tradition with your family. Do something. Explain to your kids why do you have these traditions. Tell them deeply. We don't just do things for the sake of doing them because they reflect something. They reflect the glory of God. They reflect Amen. that we love for each other. Intentionally thank the Lord. Uh, yes. Honor him. Uh, rehearse his history in your personal family's yeah, life. Absolutely. I mean, we all have. We remember, all have so much remember, to be yeah. remember your heritage. Remember where you come from. Remember what God has done in your life. How God has blessed you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because my uh, slowly I'm starting to tell my kids some of my history and how um, what God's taken me and my wife yeah. through. Uh, as they get older, I'm starting to tell them those stories. And, and, and in fact, some of these stories I tell them become landmarks in their lives, in their struggles. And I'm just, you know, I'm not that old, you know, um, you know and, and, and those stories are really impacting my young kids so much. I'm just thinking, wow, yeah. this is why God wants to remember, because these historical story of your nationality, where God comes through, how important that is for the future generations to remember. That's the God that parted the Red Sea for us. Absolutely. And if he can part Red Sea for us, he can do this for and me And in now. a lot of these communistic movements, they were amazed at how resistant people were to their ideology because of the tight family bonds yeah. and the tight bonds they had with Christ and with their worshiping community of faith. Yeah. And that's why they had to go after those groups because your family and your church are your two big, biggest obstacles. Absolutely. And so keep that in mind as we're moving forward. Yeah, and when you see attacks in public, through public education on parent, parental rights and these yeah. types of things, you should wake up when you see attacks on the church and religious liberty or people saying, well, you shouldn't have the right to say that. Um, you should wake up because these are these are overt attacks on the two institutions that are absolutely critical uh, if we're going to retain our cultural 
identity. Absolutely. Thanks so much. I, I'm not assuming that a whole bunch of you are actually watching us on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I hope you have better things to do, like eating turkey and doing the things we just talked about. But I hope as you're circling around that this has been very helpful to you. And uh, as always, it is a privilege to share some time with you. We love your feedback. So uh, continue to weigh in on this and help us as we cast a vision for where, where this podcast goes in the future. So, hey, happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Matthew, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and you guys, happy Thanksgiving. We love you.